0: welcome to episode six of this brand new football podcast talking all things football all things saints my name is tom murray
1: my name's callum wilson this is under the lights and we're heading over to kingston corner
0: so callum yesterday saints start the bank holiday with a bang getting their first points of the season against Brighton side who have started the season really quite well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and what a treat for all those fans that uh, went over to sunny Brighton on this bank holiday and what a treat of a game for them, really. I mean, tough start to the season for Saints. Business picked up, first three points of the season and lots to be optimistic about uh, for many different reasons. We've, um, We've gone over to Brighton after a really poor away performance last time out at Burnley, but really contrasting results, performances and just days all round, going from the... Dreary, windy, rainy conditions up at Burnley where you play a side who's really good in those sorts of conditions. Um, didn't really suit Southampton. Ball picking up in the air. Just just not a lot of football got dragged into a uh, bit of a dogfight there. Then played, then played Liverpool last week and things looked much better. Um, should have got a point out of it, but a much better performance against a good side. And then the contrast to Burnley being yesterday, where everyone got to enjoy the first of a three-day weekend in the heat, in the sun, um, lots of beers out, lots of fun for Southampton fans, and a deserved 2 0 win against ten men.
0: Yeah, and talking about the heat, that was a very heated moment in the game when Andone got sent off for Brighton. That was that's one that you don't really want to see in slow motion.
1: No, no, I didn't like it. I don't. I think it. He needs to be, um, he needs to be reprimanded for it. It was awful. He's, some people say a striker's tackle, but it, he knew exactly what he was doing. It was, I don't understand why he would do it. I mean, we see it sometimes where people go in. Um, he miscontrolled the ball. He put it into his feet on halfway. He tried to, to bring it under and and hold the ball up. Ball got away from him. He was never getting anywhere near it before Valerie. Valerie went in, won the ball. Well, Valerie didn't even go in a tackle. He just passed the ball. And Andoni has gone in with his foot sort of knee high turned away and then he's left the ground as well when the point where he contacts him he's got both both feet are off the ground so he has no control over over his that lunge and I think it was one where people in the stadium didn't realize and were a bit surprised um commentators were a bit surprised when the red card came out because he didn't actually slide in he didn't go to the ground but he, he knew where the ball was and he didn't go for it and it was, it was he's he's gone out to to hurt the young fullback there and, and I think he needs to it's a straight red but they might even look at that and give him more because it's it's got to be stamped out pun pun <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're completely right i mean it's one of those where a few centimeters to the left or right and we're talking about a player possibly with a career ending injury and we're not even trying to over exaggerate there i mean it's it it is really one of those where if he catches him a bit to the left or right, then we're looking at a broken leg, really a lot of damage to the knee and Valerie is very, very lucky that he's probably gonna be able to play in the next game. Although we don't yeah. we don't we don't know that for sure if he picks up a if he has picked up a not hasn't Hootles definitely didn't say too much about that in the uh,
1: the post match press conference. We continued he continued playing, didn't he, whether something flares up afterwards. I think he was lucky. I think he obviously caught him, but it would have just been an impact injury, mm. maybe some stud marks but um but he carried on and and that's fortunate. And like you said, uh, this isn't us as two Saints fans uh with with a kind of um agenda. Or, yeah, really. with a different view or rose ro- ro- the glasses on. If 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 that was Valerie putting that challenge in on Andoni, I'd be saying the same thing and that I, I don't understand why we would have done it and it was a stupid challenge. Um and it and, and to be honest, even Ch- it was complete. it's different because Che Adams against Burnley wasn't uh so out of control, malicious and deliberate and late. This was an attempt to get the ball, and it, it was a bit of a forward's challenge. But I even went, thought to myself, there's VAR here as well. He might go for that. Mm. Um, so, so there's nothing against uh, Brighton, or, or from a Pro Saints perspective, it's just an awful challenge, man.
0: Mm. And full um, credit and appreciation to Graham Potter, who in his post-match press conference came out and immediately apologised for to Southampton for the challenge. You get so many managers protecting their players arsene wenger was a a real king of it we didn't didn't see the incident but he's come out and he's immediately apologized and i he's he's if we hadn't had um ralph come along uh, graham potter was certainly one that i would have liked at, at saint mary's and that he goes well he never went down in my estimation but he certainly goes
1: up quite a bit after that um you, but, just can't defend, you just can't no, defend it, can you? No. Okay. But the game changes at that point as well. So not, you know, the, the, um, the horror tackle that it was is one thing, but then you're playing three quarters of a game with, with ten men. Um, and that then gives the advantage for a long time to Southampton. Um, and as we've seen with Portsmouth recently, when another team goes down to ten or even nine men, it's not always um, so easy to, to get the win. So mm. Southampton did a good professional job in the end um VAR which is something that we haven't really talked about too much um have done well out of VAR so far this season because against Burnley and against uh Brighton two disallowed goals but VAR got both of them right and there weren't any contentious decisions so um full marks for VAR so far the one yesterday uh Lewis Dunk scored a header it was a good 15 yards from goal. It was a great header. It went straight down the middle of the goal and Angus Gunn would have plucked it out of the air had he not been obstructed Burn, by, I think by it was. someone who was also offside. So um, that was clear. What I didn't like from that, and also the LaCardia chance where it hit the post, is um, Southampton's marking from set pieces is, is non-existent. Uh, seems to be a zonal feature. Uh, I've never been a fan of zonal. And it certainly doesn't work when you're marking a zone where there are no players and you're given likes of Lewis Dunk a free header, albeit from 15 yards, or, um, or Lecardia, I mean, Bednarak, as soon as the ball went in, Bednarak decided to leave Lakardia, leave his station at the far post, and run towards a melee of about six St. Hampton shirts, to try and go and win the header, where there's no point. And he's been guilty of that a little bit, Bednarak, um, the Mane chance, the Mane goal, beg your pardon, he should have been tighter to him, he let him cut inside. So, from set pieces I think you gotta go even if it's a mixture of zone and one man marking but this should just throw a blanket over the Saints players for that Lewis dunk disallowed goal and and, and we're gonna we're gonna suffer some set piece goals um, when we've got a team with with you know some real height so that needs to be addressed but VAR was right and um, and Samton were let off there and then from there it was um, it was a case of, of picking off the opponents on the counter attack when you've got uh, an extra man. Definitely, and I mean, let's talk about the first goal. Musa
0: Genapo, new signing, comes on in within a minute. He scores a goal of the month contender. I mean, every time he's been on this season, he has caused problems. He's still a very raw talent. He does. He makes a lot of mistakes, poor touches, and was actually quite lucky to be on the pitch. Come the end of, uh, yesterday after a um forearm smash whether or not don't know if he knew too much about it but let's concentrate on the positives the goal he scored was just sensational and I think he can bring so much to the team this season
1: oh yeah well I know you've been um raving about Gineppo and, and in a previous podcast talking about how you'd like to see him potentially start I don't know too much about him just because he hasn't really been around long enough to to do too much even even um, before he joined Southampton ...limited, really, in, in, in his career. The young player, as we know, Ralph... Um, ...likes to sign young talent and, and progress them. But football's a funny game, isn't it? Because just a week before... Southampton, um we were bemoaning the the quality of Sadio Mane... ...scoring a goal with his right foot bent into the far corner. Um, a top, top goal from Sadio Mane. And then a week later, um, Gineppo comes comes on the pitch and does exactly the same, if not better, uh, on, on a counter-attack. And he, he brought him on at left wing-back, didn't he? And he, he's obviously, he did that against Liverpool, and, and I thought Gineppo actually was really handy. He, he was good on the ball, um, skillful good control, won some free kicks, but he went one better. And I think it maybe, apart from Che Adams, if you're going to pick one player to score, it would have been Gineppo, because I think that he looks promising, but he could be one of those players who... who looks promising or it blows hot and cold. But now he's got a goal and some real confidence. You can tell by the celebration how happy he was with that and the players around him. Redmond picking him up and throwing him around right in front of all those Saints fans. Um, I think he's going to be a fan's favourite and I think he, he's, he's going to be a player that could potentially really push on now. What would be interesting is how Ralph fits him into the team because there are a lot of players in this position. Um, he He's an inside left forward which is where Redmond plays, arguably our our best player on form. You've also got Sofian Bufau, who plays the same position, came on yesterday and will go on to the second goal. He made an impact. And if you're going to play the formation that Ralph's playing, the three at the back, 3-4-3, and you're going to play Redmondings and Adams, then there is no place for Gineppo unless he's going to play at wing-back and he's not a defender. So Mm. will we see the introduction of 4-2-2-2, Four, two, two, two. Since then, fans have been waiting for that for a while. Um, and and where will we where will we fit Genepo into that?
0: I think at the start of the season we've got really difficult fixtures in terms of the away games. The ones at home are really quite tough because we got the big teams coming. We've got Liverpool. We got Manchester United coming this weekend. We've got um, the likes of. Chelsea we've got Bournemouth on a Friday night i mean we got the likes of Everton and Watford and Leicester it's the these are difficult games at games at home and ones where you maybe need to set up a bit more defensively and then you've got games away from home which you're looking to pick up points from you've got our next away game is the one against Sheffield United that's not going to be an easy place to go you've got the uh, we've just had Brighton and before we had Burnley where
1: Got Spurs coming up. We've
0: got as well. Spurs as well. So these are games where you wanna you'd be expecting to get the points, but at the same time I think that we're not quite ready to play the four two 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 because defensive the introduction of Kevin Danso yesterday, fans said he did alright. Uh, personally I haven't seen too much of the game yesterday to make an opinion on ha- how he did but fans seem to be relatively happy with him even though he apparently was played out of position for a bit um, I still think we need to stay with the three at the back for the moment because of just the games that we've got and yes you want to experiment and you want to he will want to put his system in as soon as possible but if we want to pick up games in these arguably quite difficult run of fixtures then we've got to stay at three at the back just for the time being
1: it, just, it all depends really on how good Kevin Danzo is because I feel like Ralph would want to play 4-2-2-2. Uh, he's reluctant to at the moment because our centre backs aren't good enough. They're a bit generous uh, to the opposition. Yeah, so so his way of fixing that is by putting an extra body at the back. So so there's more cover and there's less chance less chance of of us being exposed at, at, in defence. Um, if Kevin Danzo is good enough and you can play him alongside. One of the others, and he's happy to do that. Then that frees up another position for the likes of Gennaro Buffal someone like that to play. It'd be, it, it, it's just it depends. It depends on the game as well. But I think I think Saints fans generally will agree when I say playing three at the back because your defenders aren't very good uh, is 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 one option. But then maybe you should look at not playing three poor players and playing one of your better players who sat on the bench and really going for teams, um, what's the point in playing three poor defenders instead of two poor defenders, if, if you know what I mean. You know, If, we, if we're going to play uh, Danzo and Bednarak, for instance, and then we think, well, they're not quite good enough, so we'll put Bestergaard in there and we'll drop Gineppo or we'll drop Che Adams, Saints fans going to be thinking... We're better going forward than we are defensively, so so the best form of defence for us is attack and let's go at teams and let's um let's cause them issues. And and Stampton do play in a way where we get every man behind the ball when we don't have the ball anyway. So if that means that maybe a Romeu sits a bit deeper and ends up in a back three when we haven't got the ball when one of the one of the forward line comes into a centre midfield, maybe maybe a War Prouse feels in there. And and you know and we have a structure behind the ball we can break on the counter attack with blistering pace when you've got someone like Genève Redmond Che Adams in the team uh, I think that's the way uh, inevitably Ralph will go but then when you're playing a team like Man United next week Tottenham away those sorts of sides and you want to be a bit more compact and robust defensively then um, then that's maybe the time to to play a five at the back
0: well maybe just have it a think about a variation on a theme under Kuhn, we saw Ryan Bertrand play as a makeshift centre back and that was during a period of games where we actually kept I think it was five or six clean sheets in a row and went for a a Saints um, record of minutes um, between conceding a goal do you think maybe there is that option or maybe Hasenhut will go for that option of when Bertrand is recovered from his knock that he could maybe go into a back 3 and that would put give Gineppo the room to go as a as that left wing back as it were or do you think that we've signed him obviously to provide goals and he should just be a bit further up the pitch and rely on and give bertrand who is on form is arguably one of our better players when he's fit and raring to go and would you just keep the 3 that we normally go with and put bertrand there because i feel that When I see the team sheet, we do have the quality to score goals, but yesterday the goals weren't coming until we brought on those attacking substitutions.
1: I I just don't see Ralph Hasnall starting with Gineppo at wing-back because what you're essentially doing is... And and Bertrand, under Kuhlman played that role brilliantly and it was a real uh, stroke of genius from from Koeman, I think, to play him there. But if you move Bertrand from left wing-back and you put him at left centre-back, then maybe he provides more quality in certain in certain ways, then then a Vestergaard or a Bednarak. but you're taking a, a wing back who can defend, and you're replacing him with the forward who's playing out of position mm-hmm. in order to try and um, get you know, to try and put the square pegs in round holes. Mm-hmm. And I think Gineppo at the moment is is an option that works off the bench if we need a goal and you want to put an attacking player in maybe a position where usually you'd have a defender so they've put Gineppo at left wing back against Liverpool chasing the game and yesterday against 10 men when we're drawing and had immediate impact especially against Brighton I think that's a ploy from the bench but if he continues to do that from the bench then you don't want to brand him as a super sub, you want to start playing him I think if Gineppo starts, he starts in place of either Adams or Ings at the moment, Um, Danny Ings we know doesn't get through a full game so maybe every now and again he starts on the bench as he did against Liverpool and comes on and has an impact. Um, che Adams hasn't got off the off the mark yet at uh, Premier League level. Um, how many more games is he going to start automatically? Because you play with that narrow three. Uh, Giannepa does bring something else. But like I said, you've got Bufau who for the second goal, uh, again, Brighton are chasing the game with 10 men and Southampton pick him off on a counter-attack and Bufal doing what? we all know he can do, but he's obviously been coached into going past people and using his skill effectively, whereas before he would often dilly-dally on the ball and and take it past someone and come back again. He's got undoubted technique, and if he can start using it like he did yesterday where he put a second goal on a plate for Nathan Redmond to tap in on the goal line, then he becomes a a real wild card and a real game changer for Southampton. So it's good to see that we've got those options. Um, It's just hoping that Kevin Danzo played one game and Saints got their first clean sheet is that a coincidence because we played 10 men or is he going to provide something at the back um, that we don't have which is solidarity
0: I guess we'll have to wait and see I, I would very much expect him to start against Manchester United where what system we, we go for I wouldn't be 100% sure and what I would like actually to see is Kevin Danso starting in, in the side on Tuesday when we play Fulham because I think that one thing we need with our defenders is continuity. Not the continuity of errors, but the continuity of just knowing your your game more. And if um, the more games that Danso can play at this early stage, the better in terms of getting that chemistry, that understanding with the defence. And I think Fulham is a perfect opportunity to do that. I think it's a good opportunity for some fringe players to get a run out. Although, I would... For the for, Yes, in cup games, there's always the risk of getting a player injured for a big game. But this is this week is the last week before the first international break. I think you can afford, and they've, they've had a long time, long time off over the summer. So this is a game where I think you can just still play some really good players. I think Che Adams needs to start for me.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. to, to I agree. He, need, he needs a goal. We, undoubtedly, we know that he has the quality to do that. He was on fire during pre-season. He almost scored within 90 seconds of the season against Burnley. He just needs to hit. Uh, needs to get that first one and then he'll yeah. be up and away. And he I he had
1: chances as well. He had a chance to score. He should have scored against Liverpool. He should have scored against Burnley. He has been scoring in pre-season and last season, like you said.
0: Mm-hmm. I, think, I think just to change things up, because I think Danny Ings is integral to the side because what I... What I think Danny Ings does is he comes in, he comes in deep. He's not an out and out striker. I think he's more of a, a playmaking striker. We saw last season, especially in the game against Wolves, where he was pulling the strings from, well, almost like an attacking midfielder yeah. type of sense. And yesterday for the Gineppo goal, he played a brilliant crossfield ball to Gineppo on the far side. I think we he should have a rest because as you say, he can't get through a full game at the moment. And I think he'll be really important against Manchester United next weekend. But I think I'd have Shane Long starting alongside Cheyans. That was a combination that we had during preseason that actually worked. But uh, I think, yeah, yeah, it worked for every single game that he's, Every game that he played, I think Shane Long was alongside him, and Chey Adam, Chey Adams scored. I don't think that is such a coincidence, but it's a game in the League Cup where there's not a huge amount of pressure pressure on it. Whether we go on a cup run or not, I think that depends on what Ralph is going to prioritise. But I'd like to see Shane Long and Chey Adams together for yeah. that one.
1: I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying. Really, I think. Um... The international break coming up means that we can play some first-team players in certain positions, i.e. defensively. I think th- I personally think we should stick with Angus Gunn in goal um, on the lines of continuity with a back three of uh, Bednarak, Danzo and Vestergaard because the more games you play together, the, the more um, of an understanding that you'll have defensively, which is obviously important because we don't have that yet. We've got a new player and we've been poor at the back. I think in terms of wing-backs... Um, Cedric will, will most likely get a run out, and if Bokins is available, I'd like to see him him play. I think we can change both wing backs. I don't think that's a problem. Hmm. I think um, two out of three with Ward Prowse. I think Hoybe will probably play as the captain. Wouldn't mind seeing Smallbone given a run out. Potent- but... Yeah, potentially. I just I'm, I'm conscious that we want to. We're playing one of the top championship sides, so we're scoring a lot of goals. So we want to win that midfield battle, or as, as, as much as you want to bring players in, I don't, I don't want to bring them in for the sake of it because I don't see no matter how well, the likes of Slattery or Smallbone play, they're not going to start ahead of those three yeah. in the Premier League. So I would potentially like to see um, like a, a Ward Prowse and Hybiak combination, or or maybe Romeo I know you're risking an injury before the Man United game, but players. Players need games, so you, you can't mm. wrap them all up in cotton wool. And then a front three of um, I think Gineppo plays, I think Buffal plays, and uh, and spearhead in the attack, which he hasn't done much this season because Danny Ings has been playing. I like to see Che Adams, who scores goals against Championship defences. So, and I think that's a really good attacking front three. That that alone will be enough for us to beat Fulham. Um, but Fulham are scoring a lot of goals, and the defence will have to stand up. So. That, that's what I personally would go with.
0: I know I mentioned possibly a combination with Shane Long maybe later in the game, but that front three, I mean, one thing we have done over the transfer window is we now do have that strength and depth up front. You look at the attack that we can bring on and any combination really is going to get you going to get you goals, whereas last season and certainly the season before, you looked at our attack and thought, I'm not quite sure who's actually going to get the goal here. But now we've got the likes of Danny Ings, we've got Che Adams, we've got Bouffal coming back in and a Bouffal that seems to have the bit between his teeth at the moment he really wants to he um, impressed hasn't there was uh, um, a post on Instagram during the week there was a rumor of him I think it was going to Marseille but he came out and quashed those rumors straight away saying he's dedicated to the club and wants to stay and earn his place I mean that is completely different from Mario Lomino who likes to make his own little YouTube highlights to put on Twitter but in terms of commitment to the club, that is fantastic to see, especially after having a fallout with Mark Hughes and then spending the whole of last season out. It's really great to have Bouffal back in the squad because yeah. on his day, he can be like that new £19-20 signing that he was
1: when we signed him. Yeah, he's yeah, Bouffal, he just needs to be coached properly, doesn't he? I mean, he's clearly um, a maverick. He's got a bit of an attitude, but he's, he's been playing under managers that don't play the style of football that suits him. Ralph does. He's also playing under. He's also played under managers that, in terms of man management, I don't think are as good as what Ralph is. And if Ralph Arsenal can get Buffalo's head right and can get him playing the kind of football that we know he can play, uh, he, I've got no doubt that he could be a, a a fantastic player. Just on the on touching on the Shane Long thing, um, it, it's, it's a strange one because he seemed to be one of our better strikers second half of last season under Ralph. Um, and now he doesn't even get in the squad. Femi seems to be um, put ahead of him in the pecking order, whether that's based on youth or, or what, I'm not sure, but I'd like to see Shane Long get more game time because I think he brings us something completely different. Um, I think he's better than Femi uh, but Ralph's about developing players, so it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting at the moment, Shane Long. If he doesn't get into the squad for a, a League Cup tie against Fulham, then I don't, I don't see being around for that much longer really um, but yeah that, that's how we see Fulham then obviously we move on to uh, the last game before the international break, Manchester United uh, what Man United will we get we don't know I think uh, I think it's a game that Stampton can win I think, oh, it's, definitely. I think it's a defence that can be attacked um, it, it's going to be a game with goals in it, I think both, both defences are shoddy both attacks are good It'd be interesting to see how Oli and O'Shaar goes about it because it, another similarity is is the focus on youth that Man United are bringing uh, are it through this season. Southampton obviously do that very often, um, and 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 there's a midfield battle where Southampton are probably strongest in their centre midfield, whereas Manchester United you could argue are maybe at their weakest, maybe apart from you know the, the centre back issues that they have had, but now they've got Maguire, so. If we're going to play against the likes of McTominay and Pogba, I'd fancy their chances to be honest. Um, but again, it just depends on both sides play well when they're attacking, uh, counter attacking each other. So who's going to have the ball? It's you know Rashford, Martial worries me when 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 we're when they're playing against someone like Vestergaard, who's often out of position and they manage to you can find the channel in behind Vestergaard all day long. So. Yeah, that worries me slightly, but I think it's going to be about whoever can take their chances, because Southampton will start like they did against Liverpool on fire. Um, I've got no doubt about it. Uh, get the fans behind them early, and and, and an early goal is, is quite important, I think, for Saints.
0: Definitely. I think I'm really positive about the Man United game, and I think I would have still been positive no matter what the results would have been yesterday. Yes, if we had lost to Man United, had won, maybe not as positive as I am today, but Man United... They 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 came unstuck against um against uh, Crystal Palace. We've now got a win, which I think that is something to really kickstart the season. We've got a as we talked about a range of attacking options that I think can really hurt Manchester United. You look at their lineup now, and I'm not being I'm not. I'm not trying to be fun or anything, but you look at their lineup, and it's considerably weaker than what they've had in the past. Even I, I know it's not all about the big names, and they're trying to go away from those big egos, big names. They've got rid of Lukaku, who that's a good thing for Southampton. He always scores against us, so that would be nice to not have that kind of player against you. Um, for me, I wouldn't actually be against starting Yoshida in defence as one of our quickest defenders against Rashford and Martial. You're going to need pace at the back, Vestergaard. Being nice to him, he's not exactly quickest off the mark, and I think Yoshida could at least add that element of maybe racing toe-to-toe with Marshall to Rushford if there is a counter-attack. That's someone who, whilst he's not the most gifted of players, he does have pace on his side. Kevin Danso, we haven't seen um, just how quick he can be. I think I would definitely have him starting because his reputation in the German League was he was one of the quicker of the defenders. Apparently he's
1: rapid, isn't he? So yeah.
0: So we're definitely going to need that element of pace in defence. I'd go with that back
1: three as well because uh, Ben will be on the right whether they play Danzo or Yoshida in the middle. It depends really. Do they want Do they want to go pace for pace with Martial up top or do they want to put in Yoshida as the experienced organiser of Three because Salampton undoubtedly a better defensive lineup with three at the back if Yoshida is in there uh, because he communicates, he's a better defender than Stevens and uh, uh, and he's quicker than, than Vestergaard. Vestergaard clearly is going to start the majority of games this season, but you've got to look at the opposition, and both sides have poor defences and they have quick attacks. If you're going to play the Redmonds, and the Adams and maybe the Gineppos of this world and then you've got when we talked about Daniel James who is so quick and he started his career at Manchester United brilliantly got another fantastic goal yesterday. Uh, with Rashford and Martial, potentially a Lingard in there as well, then you are gonna have to you're gonna have to try and find a way to combat that. So i I'd, I'd go with yeah I'd go with I think he will play three at the back against them go man for man, and I think Yoshida will have to be one of those. If, if, if I see the team sheet and um, Vestergaard's on it, then I'd be less confident of, of getting something from the game, I think.
0: It's definitely a game that you go into it thinking that this is a, perf- a really good opportunity to beat one of the better sides. Now, for the game against Manchester United, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, both Callum and I provide audio description commentary for Alan March Sport at Southampton Home Games. We're both on the mic for the Manchester United game on Saturday, and Callum, we've got uh, hopefully some exciting content to bring to you uh, next weekend.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what we're going to attempt to do is um, pretty much just a documentation of um, of our match day with um, with us and and what we do from arriving at the stadium to leaving it, pretty much. So um, trying trying to do a bit of a backstage. Um, Tour, maybe put to, put together a few videos just showing what we do um, and, and what it's all about to be an Alimant Sport commentator, uh, audio description provider at St Mary's. Um, yeah, sort of in, in an inside and outside of the stadium, um, try and bring you a little bit of a taste as to what we do, um, just to something a bit different, really, something um, to provide maybe a bit of um, in, inside knowledge and and maybe seeing parts of um a match day that you maybe don't think about when you're when you're in the stands or down the pub before a game. So um it's an early game as well so you might have to um put up with with some sleepy eyes at the beginning of it. But we'll yes you know, half past twelve kickoff will generally get there about ten, ten thirty. Um so it might be that we're treated to breakfast rather than rather than the lunch, lunch we're
0: used to but no early game
1: to watch as well yeah yeah there's no early game so we'll be in there um, pretty early and um, and hopefully we can show you as much uh, as as we see on on a match day and it's just a, just a different vibe really just a different um, perspective and that's what we're trying to bring on this YouTube channel really
0: Definitely. And we'll try and bring you as much content as we are allowed to do at St. Mary's. But we're going to try and talk about, show you stuff like us setting up the, equip, uh, the equipment, a bit of our pre-match uh, preamble throughout our notes looking forward to the game when we get our team sheets, a uh, brief update at halftime. Like the game against Liverpool, we want to bring you some post-match reactions straight after the final whistle. Uh, just to give you an idea of really what, what we do. Uh, when, when we go and commentate on these games and yeah once more if you know anyone who's blind or visually impaired you can really benefit from the service this can be a home or away fans it's available for both of it. if you know someone who uh, wouldn't normally come to a football game because of the access that they're because of the access to the game then please do let them know uh, you can find the service on at saints underscore ad on twitter and that can give you all the info on every match that we do and yeah we love doing it and we really can't wait to show you what what we're all about, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. so that will hopefully be next week's and we will um, try and do something on the Under the Lights channel regarding football in general in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, there's an international break soon, so maybe we'll do something with that. But until then, I've been Callum Wilson, Twitter handle Wilson 21
0: And I'm Tom Murray, Twitter handle at T214Murray. And uh, thank you very much for listening, and we're really looking forward to bringing you that exciting content next week. Until then, bye-bye.